Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, a pastor from our near north location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we created The Daily Cut, short devotionals that we hope encourage you as you grow in your faith and relationship with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. Hope you're doing well. Uh, today, we are continuing our series looking at different parables that Jesus taught throughout his ministry, teachings that utilize stories and just everyday illustrations to make a spiritual point. And uh, they really make up a significant portion of the Gospels and of Jesus's teaching ministry. And so it's going to be a, a good week looking through these. Today, we're looking at what's actually a set of parables or a pairing of them. Uh, there's this conversation that Jesus has with some of the disciples of John the Baptist, where they come up to him and they're essentially asking him, why his disciples don't fast. Why don't they fast like we do is what they're saying. And it's actually in response to that question that Jesus uh, tells these two parables, the, the parables of the new and the old, right? The, the new and the old garment, and then the new and the old wine and wineskins. And uh, so that's kind of the context for it. So let me read this whole passage for us, the question, and then Jesus's response and the parables themselves. And then we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit further. We'll pull some things out of it for us today. And uh, I think it'll be helpful and uh, challenging as well. So this is coming from Matthew chapter nine, verses 14 to 17, right? And these are the parables of the new and the old. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wine skins. And so both are preserved. Amen. Amen. Okay, so first thing we see jumping into this, right, is that these disciples of John the Baptist, they come to Jesus because they're confused about the behavior of his disciples. Right? They're confused about the fact that they don't mourn and fast like everybody else, or at least like the Pharisees and these disciples of John the Baptist. And so they come to Jesus and they ask him, why don't they? Why don't they do what we do? Why don't they live in the same way that we do? And Jesus's answer is really interesting right? because he starts off with this wedding imagery to give his answer initially, right? Saying that can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The implied answer being no. He's saying they don't fast and they don't mourn because I'm with them. But then he does go on to say this, right? That the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. And what Jesus means by all this, he's actually referring to his death on the cross, that the day will come when he is taken away and then they'll fast. Right? But we know that he's not talking about our experience today as followers of Christ. He's not talking about uh, where we're at now because the book of Matthew stresses all throughout it that Jesus is Emmanuel, right? Meaning that Jesus is God with us. That's what that name Emmanuel means, God with us. And even at the close of the book, the very last sentence in the, in the entire book makes that point, right? After Jesus has gone through the cross, he's died, he's raised back to life. In the very last line of the book, he says this to his disciples. He says, and behold, I am with you always, 
even to the end of the age. And then after that, and so we can see from that that Jesus isn't talking about our experience today, right, when he's gone. And so that tells us that he's still with us today. And so our experience is a little bit different than what John the Baptist's disciples were going through, as well as what the Pharisees were going through. And he goes on to explain that a little bit further when he continues with these parables, right? And so he explains that point further with with these parables about the new and the old garments and the new and the old wine and wineskins. And so starting in verse 16, he says this, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch tears away from the garment and a worse tear is made. So what he's talking about here is that if you have an old piece of clothing that wears out and gets a hole in it, and let's just say you've got a thrifty personality, you're not ready to let it go. And so you decide, instead of letting it go, instead of letting the the rip or the tear get worse, you decide you're going to patch a piece of cloth over the hole and fix it. He's saying that when you do that, especially if you're using a fabric that shrinks, you don't use a piece of cloth that's so new that it's going to shrink. Because if you do, it'll fit at first, but then as the cloth shrinks, it's going to tear away from the old garment. And as it does, it's probably going to make an even worse hole in it than that what was there before. And so what Jesus is saying here, he's saying you can't mix the old with the new. Some aspects of the old and the new, they're just plain and flat out incompatible. And then we see that as he moves into the second illustration, the second parable, he actually doubles down on that same point where in verse 17, he says this, Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins. And so both are preserved. So essentially what he's saying here is that what happens when you put wine into wineskins is that the wine ferments. And as it does, it expands. And so for that reason, you need to have fresh wineskins. So they still have some give and some stretch to them. Because if you put new wine into old wineskins, right, they've already lost their give. They've lost their ability to stretch. And so when the wine ferments and it expands, the pressure gets to be so much that the skins, they actually burst. And so the wineskin is torn and the wine itself is lost. Right? The point being, again, that you can't mix the old with the new because some aspects of them, they're just flat out incompatible. And so when you tie these parables back in with Jesus's answer to that initial question, right? Why don't your disciples fast? He's saying they don't fast. And specifically in the way that these disciples of John the Baptist are thinking about fasting, they don't practice it in that way because they're, they're living in a different reality. They're not living in the way that things used to be. They're not living in the old. They're living in the new. And what Jesus means is they know that I'm with them. They know that I'm with them and that I'm Emmanuel, God with them. And that new reality that they're living in, it changes everything about the way that they live. And so they don't live according to the old ways anymore because they're living in the new. And I think there's something really interesting in that for us, because while we may not be coming from the same background as Jesus's disciples, right, the same, the same old to new kind of transition there, I think we all have this same tendency to at times live in old ways instead of the new. And this is what I mean. A lot of times when a person comes to faith in Jesus, there are aspects of their life that they know need to change immediately. And so they do, they, they, they change these things. They drop some things out of their life right away, whether it's certain relationships. A lot of times it's, it's behaviors. Certain behaviors are dropped 
right away. Old ways of living and being are left behind because in coming to know and follow Jesus, they've entered into a new reality. And we all understand that that means a different way of life. But what we experience as we go throughout our lives as followers of Christ is that while the most evident behaviors of the old ways, they're dropped right away, we find that constantly throughout our lives, some aspects of the old way still persist, that we still have old ways of thinking and living that are incompatible with this new reality that we live in of being a follower of Jesus, but still they persist in our lives. And so I just want to give a couple of examples here, right? The first one being around money, right? Whether we think our money and our resources are our own, I think that's that's something that we bring into this life, this new reality, a lot of times missing the fact that they actually belong to God and that they've been given to us to enjoy and to manage well and to manage generously, right? According to God's priorities. But sometimes we cling to this old way of thinking that that our money is our own, and maybe even digging a little further into the surface, that money represents success. It represents significance. And so we strive for more. We strive for more in our careers, in our lives, in the way that we save and invest. Sometimes we're even, we're, we're really generous with it, which is great, but still underneath, we still cling to it as a marker of our own significance. Failing to recognize that in this new reality, our significance can never come from our wealth, but it comes from Jesus. In this new reality, our significance comes from Christ, and no amount of money can ever stand in the place of that. But I think that's one area where we have these old ways of thinking that can persist. Another one is is just the way that we think about God. I think a lot of us come into this new reality, and even if you grew up in church, right, you don't necessarily have to have come have to have had come to Christ later in life. I think these things can can be around even when you grow up in the church. Right, I think it's it's true that some of the old can still get in and persist there too, because I think a lot of us think about God as being this kind of upset and disappointed person who is always seeing our flaws and our shortcomings. We think God looks and just sees all of our failings, right? Or, or, or when we imagine the life that God wants for us and has planned for us, it's kind of, we, we picture it as this sort of like miserable life that we think God wants us to live a life that's going to be hard and it's not going to be enjoyable at all. And we miss that God is actually the one who created everything there is in this life that brings joy, that, that he's the author of laughter itself, and he created all of these things for us. He created a world for us to enjoy and delight in. But somehow we get caught with this old way of thinking that God is really more so of this kind of strict supervisor, right? like this like this unhappy boss who just wants to make sure that we work our full shift and that we aren't sitting around on the job, right? that we're not just kind of wasting our days, we're not wasting our time, that we're putting our work in. But the thing is, it's not just our job, it's our entire life. And so we can approach life from that, from that mindset, right? That God is just this strict supervisor who's making sure that we're good employees. When in actuality, what he actually wants is just for us to enjoy him right? and, and to enjoy the life in the world that he created for us. And even when we mess up, right? he still loves us. He's still with us and he's still for us. And the truth is, I think there are a lot of different areas where these old ways of thinking and of living persist. And the reality is they're incompatible with this new way of, of life, this new reality that we've been brought into as followers of Christ. And what that means, right, when, when we're still having these things persist in our lives, when, when we're still clinging to them, it's like we're still trying to put this new wine that we've received 
into old wineskins. We're trying to keep this new reality in old ways of thinking and living. And so I think the question to ask is, where's the place in your life where you've been living and thinking according to an old way? Where's the place in your life where you've been living and thinking according to an old way of being? Right? And maybe you know the answer to that right off the bat. Maybe it's actually what we just talked about, something around money or about the way that you think about God. And the next step is just to begin figuring out what it looks like to kind of change those ways of living and thinking, what it looks like to step into the new. Right? But maybe maybe you're not sure what that is, what, what those areas are in your life. And what I'd say then is just start with prayer. Ask God to reveal to you where this is in your life, where you're still living and thinking according to the old. And also ask him to reveal to you what it looks like to move into the new. Because the truth is, this new reality that Jesus has brought us into is so much better than the old. Because here, there is real joy. Here there is meaning. Here there is significance. There's work that matters. And there's also rest. And most of all, in this new reality, Jesus is with us. He's with us and he's for us. And and so the message of today is stop living in the old because the new is here and it's a whole lot better. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional. So stay tuned.